like um, what are those called? pavers, uh, if you'd like a paver out in the memorial garden, please give us a call here at the church and uh, let us know. That way we can have that prepared and ready uh, for October the 7th. Also, that same morning on October 7th is going to be Baptism Sunday. If you would like to be baptized or if you're interested in being baptized, please reach out to us and let us know. And uh, Pastor Brian would love to meet with you and and discuss baptism with you. Uh, So both of those things, Memorial Garden Sunday and baptism, are both going to be on October the 7th. Uh, This morning, Pastor Brian has a question for us all. And his phone number is going to be put up on the screen, and he just wants you to send him a text message, maybe a word or just a short phrase, answering this question. His question is this, what is a characteristic or a responsibility of a shepherd? So if you would take out your phone and shoot Pastor Brian a text message uh, to that number on the screen, he will be sharing those answers with us in just a little while. Again, the question that he's asking is, what is a characteristic or a responsibility of a shepherd? If you would all stand with me and greet those around you and welcome them, we are going to start worshiping together this morning. to worship together, to proclaim God's greatness in our lives. Let's sing together.
worthy. You are the king of all kings. The Lord above all lords. You are the one true God. And we bow our hearts in worship to you, Father, today. We want to worship you in spirit and in truth. Because we are so grateful for who you are. You are so great. Creator of the heavens and the earth and all things with your very breath. And we acknowledge you this morning as our creator. You are God. We worship you today, Father. I thank you for the, the kingship that you, you want to have in our lives, that you, we can trust you. We can trust you. You can trust our, your heart toward us. Your banner over us is love. We open our hearts to you today, Father. Thank you. You may be seated as we continue singing.
Yeah. 
Lord Jesus, we call on your name today. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. And Holy Spirit, we have invited you into this place. Not just into this room, but into our hearts. Into our minds, into our circumstances. To every aspect of who we are, you are invited. We declare our need for you, our need for your presence and your, and your power in our lives. We are your people called by your name. We make the choice today to humble ourselves before you. And we cry out to you today in the midst of whatever our circumstances are, we cry out to you today for answers, for healing, for direction, for empowerment. You know us, you know every aspect of us. We don't inform you today on our journeys. We don't inform you today about our circumstances, what has been taking place in our lives and our families, in our community, in our nation, even in our world. You know everything. Everything is laid before you today. So our prayers, our, our petitions, uh, the reason we come to you with our needs is has a lot to do with unloading our burdens and our fears and our stressors and our anxieties at, at your feet. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And, and so we, we choose to bring our stuff to you place it at your feet today, knowing that there's a freedom that sets in. We're no longer slaves to fear. For you are our God and our King. Lord, we come to you on behalf of the Robinson family today. Thank you for how you have surrounded them this week with your loving arms, your comfort, and your strength. And we thank you that even in the midst of a time where we grieve loss, we celebrate the fact that Bud is with you, enjoying a freedom in your presence right now in heaven that we, we will continue to long for. We, 
is our, where our hope rests today. So we don't grieve like the rest of the world. And yet loss is still felt on this side. And so I just pray for Vicki, Jen, Jeremy, Brandon, and the rest of the family that you will surround them with your unconditional, relentless love. Comfort them today, throughout this day, throughout this morning and on into the afternoon as we come together for his celebration of life service today. All of our moments, all of our minutes and hours, they belong to you. As much as we want to think that we can control life, we are reminded today how little of that control we actually have. So we just once again declare our need for you. You are our heavenly Father, you are our comfort sustainer our strength and we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus and everybody in here said amen I want to invite our ushers to join us up here as we prepare to bring our tithes and our offerings As we, as we give today, we want to invite our children once again. They can move up here towards the children's offering pail up here. And then while we're doing that, Serene has prepared a special song for us as an offertory today that um, will set us up and move us into today's sermon. Jesus, you are our provider. We celebrate the provision that you have brought to us already, how you have provided for our, our families and our church family as a whole. And we celebrate in advance the provision that is coming. That is the essence of faith take what we have to offer you today, use it, bless it, multiply it, accomplish your kingdom purposes with it, build your church with it, we pray in Christ's name. Jesse's sons stood before He would soon be found 
each one No one thought to call him But surely he would never wear a crown But when others A shepherd boy God makes you king Just a moment, he can touch you, and everything will change. When others see a shepherd boy, God may see a king. One by one. Problems come and dreams get shattered. And sometimes it's hard to understand. And things like chance and circumstance, they don't really matter. Our Father holds tomorrow.
Samuel has been grieving. 1 Samuel chapter 16 is where we're going to find our reading today. Samuel's been grieving terribly because of Saul. Saul has rejected God's leadership. As we've been talking about Saul, uh, Saul was anointed and appointed king over Israel. Israel demanded a king. They wanted a king, and so God relented and said, okay, you can have him. He's going to be exactly what you want, because what they wanted was somebody to lead them into battle. They wanted They wanted a king just like every other nation had a king. And so God gave them exactly what they asked for in the person of Saul. Head and shoulders above the rest. He just, you know, he he was an awesome spectacle. But Saul has rejected God's leadership. In chapter 15... There was very specific instruction that God had given Saul for for leading Israel into battle and wiping out the Amalekites. And God said, you need to wipe them out completely. Not just all the people, but all of their possessions as well. Eradicate them completely. And as Saul leads them into battle and Israel overtakes the Amalekites, they do not wipe them out completely. They hang on to the king and bring him into captivity. And they hang on to all the best cattle and sheep and, 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 and they bring that back as plunder. Samuel comes back onto the scene and Saul's like, Samuel, praise the Lord. We did just as God told us to do, and there was great victory. And Samuel's like, then what is this bleeding of sheep that I hear? Well, let me tell you, Saul, because you have disobeyed, because you have gone completely against the clear instructions that have been given you, your kingdom will be stripped away from you. The writing is on the wall, Saul. And Samuel has been grieving over this this loss. And we pick this story up right at verse 1 of chapter 16. The Lord says to Samuel, how long are you going to mourn for Saul? Because I have rejected him as king over Israel. So get up, fill your horn with oil, and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But but Samuel said, wait a second, how can I go? Saul is still on the throne. If Saul hears about it, He will certainly kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you, 
and simply say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one that I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. And they asked Samuel, do do you come here in peace? Samuel replied, yes, I come in peace. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Now consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. And then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. Let's pause there for a moment. See, this was Samuel's preconceived notion, his preconceived idea about what the next king would look like. It matches up to what Saul looked like. It, it, it would have even matched up to what all the other kings on the earth looked like. It, it was a pre- preconceived notion and a sensible one, a logical one, a, an, an educated one. When Eliab comes before him, he's like, this, this, this has got to be him. He just, he looks perfect for the role. See, I wonder if there are times for us when we show up to our relationship with God and we have our own preconceived notions that, that can trip us up a little bit. For instance, one that I've struggled with, a preconceived notion that, that I've had to really try to work through We believe that God is love and that he loves us. The the therefore that could easily be a preconceived notion is that because God is love, when we believe in him, he will not allow bad things to happen to us. Yet, our realities and our journeys have quite a bit of a different testimony, don't they? Because even believers in Jesus, saved by faith, filled with the Holy Spirit, live in a fallen world on this side of heaven. Hard times still come. Trials still come. Yet those things, when, when those testings, when those trials happen, they, they, they become an empowering thing. For those of us that really believe in God, in who he is, in the essence of who he is, in his, in his character, regardless of how hard the times are, when we, when we choose to cling to faith in him, those hard times, they, they, they serve to 
strengthen us and, 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 and empower us. Suffering can actually make a person stronger if they will allow it to. If they will, if they will trust God, they will find deeper levels of strength that come from the divine that surpass what we could come up with our own strength. It's one of the things that leaves the world scratching their heads as they watch us. How can you praise God in the midst of that? Just read through the story of Job. Preconceived notions. Perhaps you have other ones. Samuel shows up on the scene with this, with this preconceived notion about who will become the next king. And as Eliab comes walking in front of him, surely, surely this, this is the guy. It's got to be the anointed that's standing before the Lord now. Verse 7, but the Lord said to Samuel, whoa, buddy, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. And here's the insight I'm going to give you, Samuel. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel, but Samuel said, nope. The Lord has not chosen this one either. Suddenly Samuel, it's like Samuel, the light bulb comes on, he gets it, and now he's paying attention to not the way they look, but he's paying attention to the voice of the Lord. Something has really changed in Samuel's approach here. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nope, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen any of these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? Well, they're still the youngest, Jesse answered. He's tending the sheep. Okay, let's pause there for a moment. Jesse has been invited to come to this event. Bring your sons with you, Jesse, so that we can consecrate them and we can offer sacrifice. Jesse doesn't know what the real in intentions of this scene is. He doesn't understand what's, what's unfolding here. As far as Jesse's concerned, Saul is king and that's it. But Jesse has been instructed to bring his family to this event. Bring your sons here. And as all of his sons, quote unquote, come passing in front of Samuel, Samuel, doesn't, Samuel senses from the Lord, none of these are chosen. Are these all of your sons? Well, there's this other guy. 
He wasn't even invited by his own father to this event. He was completely overlooked, completely left out. Some kind of preconceived notion on Jesse's part that David has nothing to do with this event. He's just that little kid out there tending the sheep. Sometimes us parents can really blow it when it comes to our kids. Sometimes we can be the ones guiltiest of looking right past them. Trying to see some kind of bigger picture or thinking we're doing them a favor when when we're just when we're looking right past them. And you know what? We can inflict some of the greatest woundings on our children when we do that. My dad had an amazing impact on a lot of people. Tremendous impact on lots of people. There are, there are people walking with the Lord today that they would attribute it squarely to my father's touch, my father's ministry on their life. And for that, I am eternally grateful for. But somehow, some way, he just looked right past me. All the way through my upbringing. My dad had, my dad had many uh, leadership roles in the church, many opportunities where, where he could have nurtured me or could have given me opportunity, and, and every single time, every time, he looked right past me. Choosing other people that are less gifted, less qualified, less, it, it, it didn't matter. And it didn't matter the age. All the while, other people in the church saw something in me and would provide opportunity all the while he is just looking straight past me. Conversation I never got to have with him. I, I never got to ask him why. I never, I never, so I've just left guessing. But I just bring that example before us parents. Asking us to maintain real awareness when it comes to our children. Pay attention to them, who they are. Pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is talking to you about in regards to your kids. Give them real energy from you. Don't look back and regret having looked past them. Jesse didn't even invite David. David's just out tending the sheep, which gives us a little bit of a clue as to the family dynamics. Usually this was a, 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 a job for a servant. So the fact that one of Jesse's sons is doing that means that we're not talking about real wealth here. 
the youngest son, somewhere between 10 and 15 years old, out there tending the sheep. Samuel says, well, okay, go get him. Send for him, because we're not even going to sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. David was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. So we get kind of the physical picture of this kid. And the Lord speaks to Samuel's heart, rise and anoint him. This is the one. Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And then Samuel went to Ramah. David is anointed. He he comes in. His father is there. His brothers are there. And when he comes in to the area where, where Samuel sees him, Samuel rises up, pours oil on his head, and anoints him as the next king in front of his family. And from that point on, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon David in a mighty way, which is a distinguishing place from where Saul is now. The Lord had come upon Saul. Saul was was going to be a mighty king. But once he began to walk in direct disobedience to God, the Lord pulled away from Saul, removed his presence from Saul, and now has come upon this boy. By the way, this, this kingship doesn't just happen overnight. It will be about 20 years or so before David actually enters into the throne room of Israel. There's a long period of time between this story and when it truly unfolds. This shepherd boy, anointed as king, Because the Lord sees something in David that distinguishes him from his brothers, even from the reigning king, King Saul. Samuel, this is the one that I have chosen because I'm looking for something other than what you think is to be looked for. I gave you Saul. I gave you the one that that was to assume this position because he looked just like what, what you thought a king should look like. And when I gave him to you, the results of that was, well, here you go. Disobedience no trust, doing things his own way. Oh, and then glorifying himself with setting up statues or whatever. 
So I've rejected that. Because now I'm going to bring you a king that is a man after my own heart. I ask you, for those of you that were, were here right at the beginning, what, um, what a characteristic of a shepherd or, or a job description, a, a duty of a shepherd would be. You just read off some of these answers. Thank you for responding. Protection, protector, a caretaker, a rescuer, rescuing the lost. One who shears the sheep. Protector, provider, safety of the sheep. Caring about others, protector, to lead, protect, love, teach, lead, loyalty, confidentiality, and truthfulness. One who finds strays. One who is concerned for the one as opposed to the whole group. Nurturer, guiding, vigilant. Leader of sheep, caretaker. Excellent. When you think about all of these things that you've just heard, and David himself says, The Lord is my shepherd. David himself says in Psalm 23, The Lord himself is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not be in want. I, all of my needs will be met. He will, he will lead me beside still and quiet waters. He will, he will cause me to lay down in green pastures. He will guide my steps. He will make a way for me. Even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I am not going to fear evil because he, my shepherd, is with me. His rod and his staff brings me comfort. He will anoint my head with oil. Victory is, is such a significant part of my journey that he will even prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's how awesome my shepherd is. All these distinguishing characteristics that we just heard from, from us here. That is our God. We're talking about our God. And, and we are his sheep. He leads us beside quiet waters and, 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 he, and he brings us to green lush pastures where, where, where he will cause us to lay down and, and rest. You know, I, I don't know really anything about shepherding. I don't assume to know much at all. But when I drive by 
I guess we call them a herd of sheep. And they're in lush green pastures. They're eating. Right? They're eating. So when I, when I hear this imagery, and it doesn't say that he, he takes us into the green pasture so that we could eat. It's like there's rest. I, I, I see some depth in this. That the food is so plentiful, the provision is so plentiful, that in, in this massive pasture with this green lush grass that a sheep would want to just devour, the, the, the provision is so significant that, that you would lay down and rest inside of that, in the midst of that. That is our God that David is describing, ascribing this, this role. He is our shepherd. This shepherd boy who is tending the sheep, what seems to be the most menial task allotted to David ends up being training ground for him. As he's watching over the sheep, he's paying attention to the voice of, of the Lord. As he's watching over the sheep, he's, he's probably looking into the sky at night, watching the stars, thinking about the, the awesome aspects of who God is, Realizing things like, you know, the heavens are even declaring the glory of, of the God that I love. As he's thinking about his duties as a shepherd, he begins to think about how God himself is ministering to him and leading him and caring for him and protecting him and providing for him. As David fights off bears and lions to, to save the sheep that he's responsible for, he begins to think about how God is fighting off the enemies that are coming after him. You see, all these things become training for this kid to, to, that is one day going to become king. The greatest king, really, in, in Israel's history. Listen, when, when Jesus, the Messiah, goes walking down the street, they don't call Jesus the son of Abraham, which they could have because Abraham's the author of, of uh, uh, the, the, the father of faith. They don't call him son of Moses. What do they call him? Son of David. This little boy... This little shepherd boy, in the midst of all this training, this training becomes empowerment for him. And he, he leads Israel in a way that God, in a way that honors God. He, he comes to a, a real belief in, in who God is and how he wants to do his thing for Israel. Uh, next week, we're going to look at David and Goliath. It's just a perfect testament to, to 
what kind of faith, what kind of place in, in faith this kid has with God. Where everyone else is shaking in fear, including King Saul, who stands head and shoulders above everyone else and has been placed in that position so that he would lead them into battle. When everybody else is shaking in fear because of the giant Goliath, it's this kid that goes walking out. Because he understands how God wants to lead, how God wants to be king, how God wants to be our shepherd, his shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd. With your eyes closed, just in a... In a I, I'm just, I just want you to take a, a, a few moments to really reflect on that statement. The Lord is your shepherd. The Lord longs to be your shepherd. You are... His sheep. I am his sheep. We are his sheep. How have you experienced his shepherding in your life? His protection, his provision, his rescuing you when you may have gone astray. How have you experienced his shepherding in your life? Holy Spirit, we, we, we've talked about a, a lot of things this morning. So much just in this, this part of the story. Jesse's mistake as, as a dad. Samuel's preconceived notions. And how ultimately you can take the menial things of life, the daily grind of life, just regular life stuff. You can take that kind of thing and you can turn that into training ground. If you can do that for a shepherd boy, there's no doubt you can do that for us. Regardless of 
how often we've been overlooked, maybe even by those that are closest to us. No matter how often we may have been overlooked by those who are in authority over us. We follow you. We are your sheep. We are called by your name. You are our shepherd. And there are so many characteristics and attributes and job descriptions that, that, that are tied to that label, but it is a declaration straight out of Scripture that we cling to today. You are our shepherd, and we need you. We, we need your guidance. We need your protection. We need your provision. We need, your, we need you to rescue us when we begin to wander off. Whether it's the tenth time or the hundredth time or the thousandth time. So in this moment, we say a simple thank you. We are reminded now in this moment that you see us, you see our hearts, you see us differently than those around us can see us because you know us from the inside out. And you see our potential. You see our what can be come. Perhaps even right now in this moment, you are whispering the what can be's in our journeys. Perhaps even right now in this moment, you're giving some folks a glimpse of what you have in store for them. And perhaps you're attaching the words that you have spoken to me just over this last week. Be faithful and be humble. Be faithful be faithful in what you've been given. That's, that's what David was doing. Simply being faithful to the responsibilities that had been given to him. And in the midst of that, there was a humility that just owned him. Because in, inside of that task, he he became aware of who you are and the, the vastness of who you are and, and, and who he was and the truth about him in relationship to you and the truth about him in relationship to his job, his role as a shepherd, all of this understanding while he's simply being faithful and humble.
perhaps you're whispering those words to more than just me today. We are yours, called by your name. Thank you for what you've already accomplished in our journeys, what you're accomplishing right now in this moment, and what you will continue to accomplish in the days, weeks, months, and years that are ahead of us. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Awesome. Hey, a couple things before we um, part ways. We have a funeral service this afternoon at 3 p.m. for Bud Robinson. And there are many that have um, uh, already agreed to bring in food to help serve um, the family following the funeral service. Thank you for agreeing to that. We need you to bring that food to this new kitchen right over here. And what time do they need to have the food here by? What have we? 2.30. So if you could have that here, we'll make sure that all the doors are open. We'll be here getting um, everything ready. The funeral's going to be right in here in this space. So thank you for helping us with that. Um, and of course, you're invited. Um, to come and and uh, we we, we want to just support uh, Vicky and, and Jeremy and Jen um, and the rest of the family as much as we can. So if, if you have time to be able to join us for that memorial service today, what a blessing that will be. Um, and then I, I want to introduce someone that most of you have met. So I want to invite Greg White. And um, we can now uh, ascribe the title pastor to Greg White. He, we have brought him on staff as a leadership pastor, and he's also pastoring over our connections team because McKinsey is now working with our kids. So if you haven't met Greg, this is Greg. You've seen him. You've probably heard his laugh. It's an infectious laugh. It's an awesome, it just, it just soaks you with joy when you hear him laugh. Okay, so he's our leadership pastor. I want to explain what, what this means uh, for us. Uh, he is pouring into the leaders of this church. I've been meeting with Greg now um, often, most weeks over the past year. So he's been pouring into me, and I'm thankful for that. Every week, he'll be pouring into our staff at our staff meetings. Once a month, he's pouring into our church board. And then once a quarter, he's going to be putting on leadership seminars in here. That's, that's for everyone. Anyone that's involved in uh, ministry on whatever level or has interest in being developed as a leader or a potential leader, that's for all of us once a quarter. So um, this guy is, is very gifted. And he's very passionate about building into leaders. And God brought him and his lovely wife to us about a year ago. They decided to make us their home. And so we're taking advantage of you as best as we possibly can. No, we're thanking God for your gifts 
and your talents and your strengths, and he will be continuing to build us up as a church. I'm telling you, listen, for us to continue in our growth, we need our leadership developed. I'm, I'm convinced of that, and I believe that God has brought him here for such a time as this. So can we welcome him to our staff family? Thank you. Will you stand with me? I want to say a blessing over you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you, be gracious to you. May he fill you with his peace and his power. And I, and I do pray that you will experience his shepherding in your life this week. Have an amazing one, an amazing afternoon. Pray for this family this afternoon. You are dismissed. Stand.